A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello everyone, welcome to the show, it's me, it's your old pal Wilson, hope you're good, hope you're well, uh, the sun is coming out, the weather's getting warmer, I love that, makes me feel good, hope you're all doing alright. Firstly, before we get into any other things, uh, all, the, all the other admin, let's start with the important admin, and that's saying a big hello to our newest Patreons, uh, Anthony Dowd and Alice Birdwood, welcome aboard, nice to have you here. Uh, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. Thank you to our new patrons. Much obliged to you. Thanks for coming on. Um, also, we've got a note from uh, patron Danny Phillips. Hello, mate. Uh, just signed a petition for Nancy Carter Bradley as I'm listening to the episode now. Such an inspirational woman who has been through so much. Mate, nice one. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, if you have, if you are listening to this and you haven't, oh, you haven't listened to that, do sign uh, Nancy's petition. There'll be a link to, to that. Uh, on her episode it's very important that we get that signed it's, 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 it's only a minute it's take you, it takes you half a second and it doesn't affect your life but it will affect the lives of many many others so please do that that would be amazing um, David Harris is get, he's back hello David mate you're, honestly mate your continued support is wonderful love you mate um, great stuff as always bloody right David Harris thank you mate um, to become a patron for early access to behind the scenes videos and more go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast or click through the link tree in the podcast description and all of my social bios so click on the link tree and that will take you to, honestly to everything that we do you can get access to our our coffee beans through uh, Wogan Coffee uh, our merch through buy that merch um, those guys uh, Stacey and Mark wonderful people doing wonderful things uh, everything's there my live shows our live shows because we're doing some live ones uh, in Tunbridge Wells producer Paul and I so uh, yeah click on that link on that link tree it takes you to everything that we do everything I do like so, uh, shows everything that producer Paul does as well it's all there click on the link tree it's in all of my bios and all of my social media and it's, on, it's attached to this podcast as well so do that for us that would be much appreciated. That's the admin out of the way. Well done, everybody. We got through it. Well done. Well done. Um, so let's get into it, shall we? Now, our patrons would have already had this on our YouTube channel for a week. Now, that's the thing. If you become a patron, you get access to the uh, videos. Oh, yeah, we video these now. Uh, my guest this week is Matt Richardson. Matt Richardson, damn fine man, damn fine comic. I've known Matt for a few years. Always get on for ages. Uh, and we finally made it happen. Um, we did this one together. Uh, we came. We did it. Um, we did it in the Islington Radio studio. So thanks to Islington Radio for letting us come up. 
up in Archway. Um, and it was good to do it in, in person. We haven't done one in person for ages. We used to do it all the time at Comedy Central. We'd get guests to come and meet us there in Camden. Um, and obviously since, you know, some mad, mad, <laughs> mad dickhead had a bat in a market, changed the landscape of shade, didn't it? But that's, it was nice to be uh, in person with Matt. Had a really nice chat. Had a nice chat with him outside of it as well. We were, we, we've known each other a while. Really good chat. Um, and it was quite enlightening. Like, you know, obviously I've known him a while, but I didn't know... Didn't know him, know him. So it was good to talk about things like he's got like pure OCD. We talked about that, um, as, my, as as well as many other things, which you'll hear in the episode. So uh, without further ado, coming up in a minute is Matt Richardson. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Insane in the membrane. Ah, here we are, mate. There's no big introduction either. We just get on with it. Lovely. Cool, man. Uh, funnily enough, having worked with you the other week, I can't believe I nicked your phone. I don't <laughs> even know how I did it. Because they don't even know. have the same cover, do they? No, it wasn't until I didn't. Because the thing is, I just I didn't like, rush straight to the tube. No, I just meandered. I cut, so I went upstairs on the boat and looked over. It's always like, have a nice look. Yeah. Like, you know, comedy's all right, and, <laughs> and I took a slow stroll back to back to Westminster Tube, and it wasn't until I got on the platform, the train rolled in, and I went like that to see if I got my phone because I've I've dropped my phone underneath trains about three or four times. Really? I had it knocked out of my hand once. I've had this, you know, so I always check it. Yeah. And I went like that, and I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I'm like, shit. So I run straight back up. Yeah. And as I get out of the tube, Bell yeah. rings me, and she's all like. Yeah, you've got Matt's phone. I think. I'm on my way back. I'm coming yeah. back. So I didn't know whose it was. So I'm running back, and then she's when I got there, and I, I ran back. I gave it to you, and then I went back underneath the gig, and then went in and said to Bell, "I'm like, I've given it to him." And then she went, um, "She goes, oh yeah, she goes, yeah, they told the crowd." <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I did. And I wish I'd known. I would have done something. Um, it was one of those where um, I was back. I was backstage, like desperately looking for it, being like, "Where have I fucking put this?" And there was a point where I went, "Maybe Rich has taken it." I went, "No, that's not happening. I'm, I'm going mad." And I said to, um, I said to him backstage, I think, and I was like, so I was texting Bell, um, but I went on stage and went because someone came off as I was looking for it. And I just worked out that you may have taken it, so I was a bit sort of, I wasn't ready to go back on stage. So I went, "Sorry, I'm not in the right frame of mind because Rich has taken my phone," and I thought. Basically, I was like, well, I'm going to turn this into some big thing yeah, all yeah, night. Yeah. And then you brought it back in 10 minutes. So I didn't really have the, I didn't have the chance to make it this big, epic uh, moment with the audience. I would have loved, if I'd have known. I would You'd have come, come back in, on, you know, yeah. We would have made it a thing. Because what I love is when comedians fuck around with each other. Of course, yeah, I yeah. I love yeah. that. Exactly. Really love that. Yeah, me, and especially when comedians like, I like the idea of like the camaraderie in a green room. Yeah. So when you see that on stage, I think it's really nice. Yeah, if comedians yeah. are mates, you're, I think for an audience, when I never, when I used to go to comedy, I'd be like, oh my god, they're all, <laughs> they're all pals. This is amazing. That's my favourite bit. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Next time, next, next time, time we'll, I'll do it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but this is you know, people. This this podcast is like the, like the basis is mental health. Yeah. But what people. As soon as people hear that, yeah, uh, they kind of you can feel them. When I talk to people about it, like trying, when I'm trying to get guests on, and they go, "Oh, that's interesting, yeah." And then you can see them working it out. They're like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to be. I don't know. If I feel exposed." Yeah, but really, when you listen to the podcast, it is just two people having a chat like you would in a pub. Yeah, and that's how I think people will. Another way of helping people take care of their mental health. It doesn't have to be medication or this and the other just having a chat with someone it, it makes you know what so I, I'm, I like talking about it because mm. I agree with you and yeah. like I've, I, I'm on like medication I've been for like years on and off really? so I've got OCD oh right I, since I was a teenager I've had yeah. it and I remember like when I first kind of went to the doctors and got medication I'd never told anyone about all this stuff and I remember telling my mates about it and being like oh I've been to the doctor about this and just saying I've been to the doctor and they've told me I've got OCD like yeah. that was better than taking the pills almost <laughs> just because it the, the horrible thing is it it's this secret that builds up isn't it inside yeah. you and it gets and it gets all this sort of importance to it that isn't there because you kind of are trying to keep this deep dark secret of your mental health problems yeah. whereas as soon as i said to my mates they're like oh yeah well i do this and you're like oh god we're all in the same boat and actually <laughs> you feel so much less alone and that's a big part of it like yeah, sort man. of the suffering alone is awful and like you say you build it up of course, yeah. and then as soon as you pop that balloon, you're like, "Oh, this is fine." <laughs> no one really kept, like, no one. It's not that big a deal to everyone else, so maybe it's all right for me as well. Do you know what triggered it? Or is it just a thing? No, it just you know what it started. I was about 18, 17, yeah. 18, and I what they call um, and it's really interesting. I saw George Ezra was talking about this the other day. I've got this thing called pure O OCD, so I don't have any compulsions. No. It's just the obsessive thought patterns. Oh. So things like I would watch. It was all about medical things. So, like, I would watch a documentary about, say, um, for example, HIV, and I'd be like, well, I've got HIV, like, and I'd be obsessed with the idea that I had it, and I'd go for tests, and then I'd be obsessed. I, I wouldn't believe the tests and all this, or cancer and things. But then I started to get obsessed. So I used to make a note of all my, like, time my obsessive thoughts and how far apart they were and make a note of it and stuff. It was exhausting. <laughs> but, um, and it, you know, it comes and goes. So like, I've, you know, I've had periods of not being on medication for a few years. Mm. I started again just at lockdown because I was like, I'm going to be in the house by myself a lot. Yeah. This is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be a problem. I'm good when I'm busy, but like, yeah. but I worry about everything. I obsess over like work, like, and it's quite stressful. Yeah. So just that medication just takes the edge off. And is it, and is it, is it negative thoughts? Yeah, know? pretty much. Yeah. Um, but and it'll be things that are like so. Like I remember watching a um, a documentary about 
serial killers once mm. and it's sort of it's weird what it latches onto and it's always like not very nice stuff like dark stuff like when mm. I used to read about it online there's people that are like obsessed with the idea they worry obsessively over if they're a paedophile or something yeah, 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 and it's yeah, all yeah. these different things and um, worry about their sexuality or whatever it is and um and it's sort of, you know, you pull yourself apart and you sort of question yourself. But so I've had it before. It's been about like serial killers or things like that. And you worry that you're that or you worry mm. that you're not this. And you obsess over it for like hours and hours a day. It's yeah. really weird. Mate, that's exhausting. It is. But when you, so, and the, the horrible thing is though, is when you feel like you're better, say for example, like I've had periods where I've not been on medication because I've just forgotten taking it because I've been feeling great. Yeah. And so I don't bother with it. And then it creeps back in slowly. <laughs> and then you go, oh, I'm not very well. And you sort of don't realise your slow descent back into it. Mm. Until like, I remember just before I went back on medication, I was away. I took my younger brother away for his birthday and he's 21. And, um, and I called my girlfriend and I was like, oh, I'm really worried. Like, cause we were in America. And I was like, um, I'm really worried that like, what if I die in my sleep or something and my brother has to fly my body back? Like, cause he's autistic, like he wouldn't be able to do it. And I called my girlfriend and I went, I'm really worried about if this happens. And she went, you need to go back to the doctor, I think, because that isn't a normal thing. <laughs> and it was like consuming, it was like ruining the holiday. Cause oh, I was shit. like, if I die or something, that's gonna, how's he gonna deal with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, all I could it's think such about. such an extreme thing to yeah, worry and, about. And like now I go, what a weird, bizarre thing. But at the time it felt like the most important thing in the world yeah, that yeah. I, yeah, that this was yeah. a thing that I had to address. But I called Sam and she went, I think you need to go back to the doctors, don't you, mate? <laughs> that isn't a normal thing to be thinking about. But when it's like anything, when you're in it, you don't realise. You know, no. when you're in the throes of that, it's only once you're feeling better, you go, God, that was yeah. really weird. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to talk about it because I feel like the more I talk about it on things like this as well, like the less of a sort of um, elephant in the room it is in my own head. Yeah, man. The more and, people yeah. who know about it, the like the less of a big deal it is to yeah, me is absolutely. how I feel about it. And I think this is what this is what I want this is what I like having conversations with with people about these things. Yeah. Because I don't know about these things. No. So, so it enlightens me and it enlighten people enlighten people that are listening. And it's good to someone that's actually got something that like that needs assistance and it needs help yeah there's so many people trying to, i keep this comes up a minute at the moment quite a lot for me because it's really fucking me off especially in our, <laughs> in our industry people are looking for a diagnosis of something like they yeah. want to have a thing and it's not necessarily because they want to be they go oh that's why my in my yeah. life's in turmoil because of that's why it's like they want to they want a usps and then they can go oh i'm gonna go to edinburgh and do a show about that because that's my thing and you're like that's a tenuous link to something there best, is there know? is a comedian who I remember uh, another comic telling me and I won't name them because I don't think that's fair um, but apparently they did like lots about mental health and another comedian started talking about it and they went I can't believe they're doing that mental health's my thing and you're like well then you're not that's not how this that's not how it no, works is it no. but they saw it as their USP and I was like well you just wanted it for the USP yeah exactly Whereas, you know, I'd, I'd rather not have it. No, of course not. <laughs> but like, it feels like there's people now, they, they want this diagnosis and want the thing mm. to kind of talk about, be it online or... Yeah. You know, and if that makes them feel better about it, if it's really there, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. But, That's the thing. If it's really there, yeah. of course. And I think, I think, I think we, from doing this podcast, I now realise that there's elements of all things in all of us. We've all of got course. bits and yeah, bobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, yeah, depression is a thing that, de that debilitates me. That When that hits... And I don't take any medication for it because I'm just worried about doing it. You know, I'm like, once I start getting into that. Because you like coming, yeah. basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why you don't take I'm any really medication. Up to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't See, want to. I always say, when they always talk about, you know, the male contraceptive pill, I just like, get them all on sertraline. <laughs> They'll never come again. Everyone I know is on that. Yeah, I'm on sertraline. Is that what that is? They off label treat it for OCD. Okay. So, um, so it's I'm on like a low dose, but it's that's that's what I use mm. it for. They give it for OCD and stuff, and it works. Like yeah. it really helps me out. Even though I think a lot of it is 
feeling like you've got the crutch of it. Yeah. Like for me, even when I go when I've gone back to the doctors, I haven't even taken one yet. The fact I've got the prescription makes me feel better almost. <laughs> of that course. kind of yeah, yeah, that yeah. weird sort of because you're not alone. You've got yeah. something to help, and I yeah. think that's really useful. But loads of people, it's not for everyone. Medication, and like no. as much as I joke about the coming thing, I don't have any side effects from it. Okay. Whereas a lot of people do. Yeah. But and also when. When I've not taken it for a few years, I've been like two or three years off it. The first two weeks are fucking gnarly. Like really? they're horrible. Yeah. Like you don't sleep properly. It feels like you're coming up. Fuck. It's so like, the, and I know a lot of people that have taken it for a few days and stopped. Yeah. Makes you really like, sertraline especially, it makes you really nauseous. You feel sort of like out of body for a few yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. And the, the positive effects don't start till like, six weeks in. Wow. So you've got to go through like a week or two of like, really not very, feeling very nice. Yeah with the knowledge that that might happen in the end. But I know loads of people that have tried it for a bit and then just couldn't hack it. Well, is that bad? Yeah, I think so. Like I've, when I, the first I started on it, it was really bad, but it gets easier each yeah, yeah, time because yeah. you're more used to it. But um, the thing that's in SSRI antidepressants, mm. you've got some, it always makes you nauseous because uh, that uh, hormone or whatever it is that's giving you, there's receptors for it in your stomach and they don't know why. And they're not used to being used, uh, so it makes you really nauseous. It can make you really nauseous. Like that was yeah. my big problem. Is like I just couldn't eat or anything for yeah, a few yeah, days. Yeah. It's like when you see the side effects on a lot of things. Yeah, man, it's terrifying. Yeah, side effects on everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, like side effects on ibuprofen. If you, you yeah. know, for some people, but and I know it's not for everyone. But I've done like counselling and all the other yeah. things. But I find for me that really helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I, I, it's always so is that yeah. why is that why you've never bothered? Is because you're like I don't want the side effects or all that. What's what scares you about it? I think mean, because I did it for a bit. So yeah. in the early early two thousands, I did. I was on I was on antidepressants, and I remember being at. I used to work at these festivals, and I remember being on them. And someone put uh, liquid ecstasy in my, uh, put it in my drink. Yeah, and uh, I didn't realise, and I'm, so I'm glugging this drink. I'm coming up. Well, I thought it was coming up, and then just kind of went. I just got so level. Yeah, I was like nothing. I wasn't up all. They down. don't. It, it doesn't yeah. because the receptors that ecstasy works on yeah. when you're taking antidepressants, they're full, which is why it feels like you're coming up when you first yeah, start taking. Yeah, well, not all antidepressants, but I think some yeah. of them make you feel like you're yeah. going to that. But it's like the build up without the release, I suppose. And I think I don't want to become reliant on it. I feel I yeah, would. but you know what? I think a lot of these things are chronic conditions. Yeah, right. So that's like being diabetic and saying, "I just don't want to rely on insulin." <laughs> Do you know? What I mean? And I think there's a big yeah. thing, like you know, my like my mum is, and all of her friends, all they talk about is their ailments. Mm, yeah. Right? But we don't talk about mental ailments in the same way. Like I know people who have got like you know long running sort of you know pain problems mm. and all that, and they talk about it all the time, and it's fine. But mm. no one talks about being depressed all the time and having to take things for it forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the thing is if you look at depression is, it comes and goes, but it's a chronic thing maybe, you know, it mm. could affect you for life. Yeah. And go, well, you take a pill and it makes it better. Like, why is that no different to taking insulin every day? Or, true. you know, yeah, true. those pills that just, or people who have HIV and they take the pills to get it to zero in their blood. Yeah. Like, they're not going, well, I've got to rely on it though. <laughs> so I think, you know, but that's, yeah. That's a bit of a stigma that I, I understand people have, but mm. I've I've sort of always gone, well, it makes me feel fine. Yeah, why would you not? Because I started, yeah. it was just before I started doing comedy, it happened. And I think I threw myself into comedy so much because when I was first started, the 10 minutes on stage, because you've got to concentrate so much, was the only time I wouldn't feel like it. Right. Yeah, and I and, it, and the buzz after being on stage, like it take me like an hour or so to be like, oh my god, I've not obsessed <laughs> over anything. So I gigged every night of the week because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was self medicating yeah. with comedy. <laughs> Joe, it's funny. I've said this before. That the twenty minutes when I'm on stage, I am it, I am so it's the best feeling. Yeah, it's nothing to do with attention, and I realised that talking to a few comics, 
when when the first lockdown happened, they were going, oh, we need well, we need the crowds, we need the attention. I'm like, I don't need the attention of no. other people. I love making people laugh. That's why I do it. But that 20 minutes is the most peaceful that yeah, I am. Because there's no space for anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you start thinking about other things, the gig, you're not in the right headspace for a gig, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is like, whatever's going on in your life, getting on stage takes so much concentration. You go, I can't think about anything else because you're going, <laughs> right, that bit did that and that did... So now I'm going to go to that bit or maybe I should skip... You know, all those yeah. bits that go in your head. I watched a documentary years ago about narcolepsy, right? Mm. And um, there was this ballerina on it and she had terrible narcolepsy apart from when she danced. Oh, wow. Because the concentration yeah. levels in her brain were so much, there wasn't room for it almost. Yeah. And I feel like comedy's the same when you're on stage. There's not any room for any problems. Because that's everything you need to think about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Noel Faulkner that used to run the comedy cafe. Yeah. Who had Tourette's, but the twitchy one. So he's always on the move. And what, I remember him saying to me, he goes, he goes, I'm exhausted all the time. He goes, because I'm just always constantly moving. But when he, the only time, the time he wouldn't do it was when he was on stage. Yeah. He, he, he would, he, he did a stand-up show of his life called <laughs> Shake, Rattle and Noel. <laughs> That's such a good title. <laughs> it was excellent. But, you know, he was he performing, he, you know, he's acted in things and he wouldn't twitch because he's got that, like you say, it's focused. Yeah. It's really, I, I think there's a lot of comics who do lots of gigs, I think, without realising that that's why. Because it's yeah. like serenity when yes. you're on stage, especially when a gig's going perfectly. Yeah. It feels like meditating. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, that perfect calm in the state. middle of the storm. It's great. Yeah. I love that. That's what I missed was that I didn't have to think about bills or whatever else was troubling me. Yeah. I've just got to try and make this bunch of people in front of me laugh and that's it. Yeah. 20 minutes. But then the other side of that is spending a lot of time travelling alone and things where you've got plenty <laughs> of time for your thoughts. Oh, I know. Do you know what? I, I When I do remember to put a film on or read a book or something that isn't thinking, yeah, then I'm like, oh, I feel great. Yeah, but I always I will spend hours laying there, just laying there, going over everything shit and everything yeah. I've ever done, and go and then suddenly it's like I'll go oh, I'm gonna go to the gym in a minute. It's nine a.m. I go to the gym in a minute. Look at my watch. Two p.m. I'm like oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, could have gone by now. And then you do, the annoying thing is as well is I mean like I try and exercise but I'm not great at it. I hate it. Yeah. But I do feel better when I do yeah, it. Absolutely. And I hate that that is true. <laughs> Because everyone says, oh, you should just do a bit of exercise. You're like, that doesn't work. And then you do it and you go, oh, yeah, does, this is though. the best it of does. all just of them. moving. Yeah. I, it's funny, actually. My phone keeps telling me that you've got, like, you got your step count and yeah. all that. And it keeps saying, oh, you haven't you haven't walked as far as you did last year. And I'm like, there was nothing else to do last year. <laughs> <laughs> I used to walk for three hours a day around Victoria Park. Just fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now there's stuff again. <laughs> it's things to do. But you know what? It's um. So I... Being in the car and stuff I used to hate when it was really bad because mm. you'd just be with your thoughts. Whereas now yeah. I'll listen to a audiobook. I listen to audiobooks in the car yeah, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't bother me being in the car. But you just gotta fill that like my girlfriend is always like, I can't just sit and chill. I've got to be reading or watching yeah. something or be on my phone. And she's like, Why are you like that? And I'm like, I'm trying to fill the void because I don't <laughs> like the idea of what happens when I'm not yeah. stim I need to be stimulated at all times, basically to to fend it off. Yeah. Sorry, I just hit How the microphone. Just sleep all right. Once I get to sleep, but it takes me ages to get really? to sleep. I can't switch off. We've been doing those sleep stories. We have those. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, they're and great. Matthew McConaughey. And you know you're in trouble when you reach the end of the story. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I know. If you know what happens at the end of those on the karma. <laughs> yeah. They're great. They are really good. I like the Nordland night train. I like all the train ones. Um, but I'm the same as you. You get to the end and you're like, she's long asleep. And I'm yeah. like, fuck. Mate. I've just got to lie here now. <laughs> Because if I put another one on, she'll go, don't put another one on, it's just woken me up. And I'm like, all right, I'll just lie staring at the ceiling. Which yeah. she, My girlfriend falls asleep so quickly, 
whereas I'm there like going over everything that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> this is the thing, right? I, you know, you stress about things. You go, oh, why did you say that thing in 1995? Oh, that person. And you're like, that person doesn't exist anymore. No. They've, they've gone off and living around. They're not thinking about what you said to them in 1995 or whatever you said in 1987 or whenever it was. They're either dead or they're, they've yeah. gone with their own life. But also, like, you, I always, like, rake over mistakes. I worry about the few. I'm terrible for worrying about, like, well, that's not going to happen and then I'm going to have to, like, I always worry about job, my job yeah. and I always worry that I'm going to have to retrain. I'm like, fuck, what happens? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. things are fine at the moment. Like, I'm quite busy, <laughs> but I'm terrible for what ifs. Yes, yeah, same. That's awful for me, even though it doesn't exist. And I've worried about things. I remember years ago worrying about something and it never, obviously nothing ever happened. Like, you know, I was like, oh, what if I'm going to have to go and do that and, you know, do this? No, none of it's ever happened, but yeah. it, I wasted nights of my life on it. And it's a pain. <laughs> but I think, I think probably a lot of comics are like that because to, you, to worry and think about things so much is where you then find funny bits yes. and stuff. Because you go over the same thing over and over again until you've yeah, deconstructed yeah, it all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, yes. Like, I've never yeah. met a totally serene comic. No, they don't exist. No, it's not the right. <laughs> it's not the right personality type to be a comedian. Everyone says to me, "Oh, you're so chill." Like, you don't know what's going on inside. I, I, one I'm of my, a... my upstairs neighbours with that. He goes, "You're such a relaxed guy," and I'm like, "I'm. I mean, absolutely not." Yeah, but it's yeah, nice yeah. that I give off that vibe. It's that. It's that duck on the water thing. Yeah. You're just ah, oh. and it, I do, and I, I do. I think it's, it's. I'm in a weird position now where I'm. I've just turned fifty. And I feel at one, I feel pretty chilled with who I am. Yeah. But I'm desperately panicking about again the what ifs. Like shit, I've got no other options now. Comedy, <laughs> comedy has to work. <coughs> it's horrible, isn't yeah. it? I was thinking about it the other day because my uh, my partner's doing. She's doing a, a degree on the side, like a part time degree. And I was like, well, especially during lockdown, where I was like, I might have to retrain. This might all fall yeah, apart, yeah. and you know, it's never going to be the same again. Which I was cool with, mm. but I was going. I've got nothing. I've got no. I've got not got a degree. I've got yeah. nothing to fall back on. <laughs> what the fuck can I do? Even it used to be, we'd say, "Oh, I'll go and stack shelves." Couldn't do that. Couldn't do it. They won't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't employ me. To do that. <laughs> well, the problem is, is you go. Why is there a thirteen-year gap in your CV? And you're like, <laughs> well, because I was being a. There's no transferable skills, really. Maybe we'd be good in a call centre or something like that. But there's a lot of things. I go. Well, maybe I'll go and do that or. I don't want to go back to uni for three years. I can't afford to. No, exactly. But that's it. it to do anything else is expensive. I yeah. Mean, I think 50 I, grand's worth of debt. <laughs> no, I'm all right, thanks. Mate, I worry. I've got I, Edinburgh's that I'm still paying off. <laughs> I, I still have Avalon nine grand. <laughs> oh, God. But it's, I worry at the minute. I see, I see what's going on in the world. Like the leaders everywhere aren't. They're just losing grip of everything. Yeah, that, of course. So that are. bothers me. So now I'm like, I need to stop looking at the news. Yeah, like I'm obsessed with. I think we're all going to die in a nuclear winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they were saying the other day, um, there was someone saying the other day that it's on the it's on the brink. Yeah, of it a, is of a third world war, and you're like, fuck me. I mean, on the one hand, good. Can you bomb Barclays? Oh, them alone. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'd be like, would I be conscripted? And that's me done in within a week. I'm over the top. Well, yeah, we both would because it's between eighteen and sixty, isn't it, or something? Is it something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Will I be conscripted and like that's? But I'm not going to help. I'd be right. I'd be like Dad's army. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, you'd be there and you'd be like, right, let's get some Russian bullets and shoot each other in the leg. <laughs> like, let's just go home. Like, I'm, I'm very much you take each other out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. what the Russian boys have been doing with Ukrainian bullets, haven't they? Uh... All these young lads. You know, but. I think, God, if that goes on, like, you know, there's bigger things in the world worrying about, but I go, even that, I'm going, God, this war in Ukraine's terrible for them, but how's it going to affect me? Is it, <laughs> is it going to land on my doorstep? 
But well, you know, it's yeah. but it is. I stress about that all the time. I yeah. think, you know, I don't want to have kids because I think they're going to have to fight over water and rats. <laughs> I'm convinced. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my my lads and I'm like, I I don't want I don't want them to go off to war. I no. don't want in, 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 there's people now that were saying you know. Uh, you know, I don't have, like you've just said. Like, I don't have kids because I don't know what's happening in the future. And then I speak to my boys, and they're both like, "Give a shit, Dad. We'll fucking work it out." <laughs> <laughs> really? Don't you worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're right. both like, Dad, we've that's quite good out. though. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, shit. You're adults now. <laughs> they're 25 and 30, so they're like, Dad, we'll just stick some nails in a bat and we'll just go, we'll go hell for leather. Don't you worry about that." <laughs> <laughs> All right, good, good lads. They've been watching far too much Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's problematic, isn't it? When you go, no, they've got a plan. Is that worse than not having a plan? What does that say yeah. about them? They're going to be you're going to be the leaders, right? And, oh shit! Oh, great monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think, but I worry about that. It's not my concern. Mm. But once again, I'm thinking other people aren't worried about it enough. No, no, we do overthink things. I do. I definitely do. Yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's sort of the cornerstone of my personality. Yeah. Like I worry about everything. Yeah, you got you know you see it all the time. You know people like inspirational quotes like "live for the moment, live now." Don't and you're like you're right. You're absolutely right. It's you very should difficult do. to do. Of course it is. You know regret comes from looking back and 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 stress uh, and from stress looking forward. Looking forward. So try and be in the moment. But you're like yeah, but I'm I can't afford this bill in the future. Yeah. That is going to fuck me up. But also you know I think. I always feel bad about things that happened in the past and stuff, but you think, well, you can't, it doesn't exist. Like you said, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore, no. does it? The past isn't a thing that exists. Like it happened and then it's gone. But and the person that's thinking about the adult that you might have upset when you were a 16 year old kid or whatever, yeah. it's like, they're not thinking about you as you are now. No. You, they've never seen you. Exactly. They just remember this 16 year old kid. Being a dickhead to them when they were, yeah. whenever they were. So. Yeah, it's weird. Know. It's weird, isn't it? I think, you know, you've got to. But then people say live in the moment. And the people, the same people that say live in the moment are the ones that are getting upset online about things people said in the past. <laughs> I always felt. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you're yeah, always yeah. putting up these inspirational quotes about living in the moment, but you've just cancelled that dude <laughs> for something he said 15 years ago when he's a different person. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. genuinely sorry about yeah, it. He's learned you know? from it. Yeah, exactly. We, also, yeah. you cancelled him, but Matt Lucas is fine for blacking up, is he? He's allowed to present <laughs> Bake Off. It's a weird. I don't really yeah. get. Look, I'm not a controversial person, particularly. Oh. You know, apart well, from we'll see what happens after. Yeah, <laughs> well, fuck. But you know, when that, I think, yeah, people. A lot of people don't change, and I think there's a lot of people. You see, you see what they've said, and you're like, yeah, they're still like that. Yeah, like, fuck them. But there's loads of people. You're like, oh man, you've thrown that guy's life or that woman's life away mm. over one thing that they're not like that anymore. Yeah, they've understood yeah, yeah. that that was unacceptable. Yeah, Joe, so it's funny. Um, so I've just oh, so. We've just been away. We were in, we were, went to Paris for a few days. Love, I did see that. Very, very nice. nice, very nice. Paris is it's fucking expensive. Well, though. this is the thing. And when I got back, I, I remember I did a gig last night, and I said, I said, you know what? It's so good to be back and not feel like a total dumbass because because I don't, I, I, you know, you think you know enough to get by, yeah, but you don't really because you're panicking. Because you're, you're panicking that you're trying to do it. So you, go, so, you know, I, I, I was saying, I was like, so I get it when racists think that people from other countries, they go, oh, they're stupid. They are like this Uber driver who's thick. I'm like, he's a doctor. Yeah. It's just that he's here because this, this is all he can do for now because his country's on uh, yeah. war. It's on fire. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, he's no doctor. He couldn't, he couldn't even say, say the numbers right. And you're like, mate. He's learning as he goes. Mate, I and mean, it's, yeah. it's that thing in it of people who are like that 
and then they go abroad and they're the ones that are like, Dos Biros, <laughs> Sivu Play, yeah. you know. And you think, yeah, if you, like, I had a conversation with one of my dad's mates once about it and he's very much like, you know, these, these immigrants. I went, right, if there was a civil war here and it all broke out, I was like, what would you do? He's like, I'll get out of here as soon as possible. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, of course you would. That's yeah, all they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's that whole thing of like, these people are coming over here and all they want to do is work. And like live a lot. They don't want to suck off the state. Yeah. They just want to. They want to reset their lives. And family. also, they're so grateful to be here. We've got loads of positions doing horrible jobs, and they're willing to do them yeah. because they're so happy to not be there. Like, yeah, if they want to come here and work, like, fucking let them. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the, the, the irony, like you say, is the fact that they, you know, first thing they do is fuck off somewhere else. Yeah, but also yeah. there's the that, you know, and we look at it goes, yeah, but a lot of them aren't real, they're not real refugees, are they? And I'm like, but if they still want to come here and work, <laughs> let them come here and work. It's fine. There's more job, there's more yeah. jobs available than they can fill at the moment. Why not let them come? We're, we're gagging for people to do jobs. It's so small-minded. Just let them come over and set up a life. It's fine. <laughs> but is it, I had this argument with someone going, I don't know why we have borders still, because we still, and everyone's like, yeah, but you know, people will invade and people do this, that and the other. And you're like, but surely, if we were a bit more fluid around the world, yeah. people were allowed to travel a bit more easier. You, maybe that, I don't know, it's quite it's a... Weird, quite a it's, I think the, the perfect example is, um, you know, you can study in England for the, how much it costs in England. You have to pay for a visa if you're from a Commonwealth country, oh. apart from all the African ones, wow. where you've got to pay for a visa still. Like, you know, you get free visa, and, and you think, oh, that's all based in that. And even the Ukraine thing, like, you know, you go to the airports and it's like, welcome from Ukraine. I was at Stansted last week, and it's like all these signs saying, if you come through Ukraine, we'll help. And they're like, yeah, let, get, get, let them all in, because they're white, yeah, yeah, basically, exactly. is the problem, yeah. isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Well, even it. though even though Syria and Ukraine are closer than we are to the Ukraine, <laughs> people still because it's Europe, you know, in quotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, it's European, so it's fine. Yeah. It's bizarre. This is why they talk about systemic racism. This is what it is. Yeah. In effect, and they go and they go, no, it's not. No, it's not. Go, but they'll, they'll come over here and they'll 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 fuck things up and they'll just and you're like, no, they won't. What are you talking about? This is people, the same as that. Every, that's the thing as well. Being lucky enough to have travelled around, you start to realise that people all around the world are fundamentally the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter, different cultures, different things on top, but fundamentally at a base level, we're all the same. We're all just trying to fill the time before we die, really, <laughs> aren't we? And, um, and also, but it's that thing of, all people want to do is look after their family. And you know yeah, what, people, and, exactly and I understand it. why people get pushed into like extreme movements because they believe that's the way to do it. But mm. people, all they want to do is feed themselves and their family, have a roof over their heads, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. If that's all sorted, but some people think the way to do that is to stop foreigners coming in or whatever, but and are misguided. But you just think, it's, it's fine. You know, I think the best way to cure racism is you just introduce people to people of different races and they go, oh, they're all right, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Although probably there are people that go, oh, yeah, but he's all right, but not the others. And you're like, but they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all the same. Like everyone's the same in the world. I've, yeah, I've, I've said this on stage, but I think we should introduce, it's your duty as a parent to introduce your kids to decent music from all from all yeah, places. Yeah, And that's how I, I, you know, I was introduced to Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye at a very young age. Yeah. So I learned about all these other things, like, you know, Slime and Family Stone and things like that. So I learned about oppression and people of different ethnicities and, and sexualities and all these things from music. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. I know people that are hugely racist that hated music when we were growing up. Yeah. They liked whatever was fashionable, but they weren't really asked. No. And now it's, they're horrible racists. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so strange. And I think, like, where does that all stop as well, I suppose? Because you go, you know, we're going to, 
if Scotland are going to break out of the UK, then England. I was like, then do we go down to counties? Like, what? Like, how much smaller can you get, really? Whereas yeah. I like the whole idea of globalisation and going everywhere and it being easy and everything. But I think that's we've ended that, haven't we? Especially now the wars started. Yeah, I think you know that Iron Curtain that's come back down is going yeah. to be is going to divide the world up even more. But it comes down to power, doesn't it? I mean, in an ideal world, as you just said, it would be lovely if everything was just opened up. Yeah. And you could just swan about and go wherever you want to go. But there's the people in power, that's why they're in power. They want yeah. it, they want it, they want that, oh, this is mine and you can't have it. And- it is, it's so, it's, you know, it's weird, I suppose. And I guess, that, you know, making people scared of other people from other countries is an easy way to keep things mm, in check. Yeah. Even though it makes us all not very happy, I think, you know. Yeah, deep down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think they should start putting ecstasy in the water. MDMA. Just a bit. Just a bit. Did Just you to ever, set the edge off. Did you ever use, have you ever seen that Mitchell and Webb sketch where everyone in the world, the wars have stopped because everyone's had just under two pints. <laughs> And basically, like, there's no more violence in the world. The everyone's friends. There's no racism because everyone's had one and three quarter <laughs> pints. And then it ends by the guy has two pints and starts World War Three. <laughs> but but like that, just a little bit, just to yeah. just to take the edge off just everyone. Take the edge off. Yeah, That'd be lovely. Ecstasy in the water would be a good way of doing that. <laughs> I but just like, remember it being. When are they, they fighting? Oh no, they're touching each other's hair because it feels nice. <laughs> That is it, isn't it? Oh, oh God, I know they're wrestling. No, no, it's just he's got a nice feeling jumper. <laughs> yeah, he's had velour. <laughs> and it, that's what he, I just, I remember when Ecstasy first came around and it, the, the mood was just different. Really? It was really chilled. Everyone yeah. was very, it was a very, everyone was like looking forward to the weekend because you knew you were going to just feel so elated. Yeah. When it started, because we were doing acid and all sorts in the late 80s, early 90s. Really? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's fucking great. You just look forward to the weekend because you knew that was when you were going to get it on and it was just going to be, it's going to be it's weird. and lovely. It, it's weird, isn't it? Because like alcohol is the problematic one, I think, mm. really, isn't it? Like, Which, once again, isn't good for your mental health and stuff long term, but it makes people not very nice. Two pints, mate. Two pints is the perfect, where yeah. everyone's mates, and then someone has three pints, you stand on their foot and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's like a... Football matches, I suppose. It's all booze, isn't it, that causes all the problems, all the fighting and stuff. If at football matches you legally had to take acid or uh, or, or MDMA to go in, it'd be fine. I they wouldn't be that. arguing, would they? Burnley and flipping Manchester United. They'd be cuddling each other. Can you imagine watching a football match on acid? <laughs> Who's winning? Oh, I think it's the crocodiles over there. I'm not sure. I can't tell. It'd take the ball a fortnight to just yeah. go across. And they're cuddling the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd, the whole crowd is naked, yeah, running around. Oh, now we're all going to buy a bar together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to live together forever. Do you fight? So do you drink? Yeah, I do drink. And does it affect the medication? No. So, um, well, it, it can do for some people. I find it's fine because I'm sort of so I've been on it for like so long and I'm pretty stable on it. Yeah. But. I will find if I have like a period of not drinking, if I have a period of like going out loads or going to loads of weddings and stuff, yeah. I have to have a detox because I find like I get really anxious and all those things. Yeah. So I've had like loads of periods of like two or three months not drinking and I feel much better for yeah. it. Re- like just day to day, like I'm up in the morning. Also, I'm much better mentally when I'm productive. Like even today coming and doing this, I, I you know went to the dentist this morning, I got a gig tonight, like a few things and I don't think about things. Whereas mm. when you're not drinking, the next day's a write-off for me. Yeah. 
the next two days, realistically. So then I, you know, cancel things. I can't be bothered. You know, I sit in bed all day, sit watching TV. I don't shower. And then that makes you feel shit as well. Mm. So for me, like, yeah, the, as, as I've gotten a bit older, I've started drinking less because I can't hack it as much. And I feel better for not drinking as much. It's, it, I go in phases. At the minute, I'm in a phase where a, there's a lot of booze around. Yeah. But then it will, I'll get to a point, I'm like, my socks hurt. So I'm going <laughs> to stop. Because it's getting silly. Do you feel worse when you're drinking as well, like day to day? Do you yeah, know? yeah. You just don't get anything done. You get nothing no. done. And it's not, it's not and that makes you feel bad because you're not getting anything done. Yeah, and then you worry yeah. about yeah, life because you you're not stop. doing enough. And then exactly. you fall into the spiral. Yes. Whereas, you know, you think, oh, I've not been emailing people back and sorting out work because yeah. I just can't be asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to that. That's the thing as well. You get, it's like people message me on, on this and, and you go, and I say to people, like, message me. I will get back to you eventually. Yeah, yeah. But you'll read the message, and then because my brain's like, oh, oh, a lovely message. Oh, yeah, I should reply to that. Reply to it then. Yeah. Why have I gone, yeah, I'll do that later? I find that everything feels like a mountain when you're not in the right headspace, yeah. and booze puts me not in the right headspace. So, like, mm. even, you know, I went out for some drinks the other week, and like the next two days, like, I just didn't get back to people properly, and I sort of probably missed out on a few bits and bobs because mm. I just wasn't quick enough. Yeah. You know, and it's just. Whereas I'm much better. So I try and booking gigs and I'll get to the day and I'll be like, oh, I can't be asked to drive to Litchfield. <laughs> but it's a night where I'm not booze like, and yeah. I, I try to like drive everywhere because then I, because I like a drink, like if I'm comparing, especially I'll have a drink at a gig mm. and that doesn't work for me because I'm not very good at having a couple of drinks because then someone will go, do you want to come and meet me afterwards? Especially in London. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And that always ends in tears. Yeah. That's where I'm at now. I have to go either yes or no. Yeah. I can't go, oh yeah, I'll have one. And then I'll go and do a thing. I'm like, I, I just have to go, I can't. Yeah. Because I, it will just end up three, four, five. I don't drink, you know, 10 pints, but it's three, four or five. And then you're like... Oh, yeah, you hit that don't point, you. don't you, where... So, I, you know, I've noticed, the especially during lockdown and stuff, like, I just can't... Like, I used to go out until, like, four or five in the morning mm. and then wake up in the morning and be fine. Yeah. Whereas five pints now, that's me done the next day. Yeah. Like, it's just... I've hit that... And it's just getting one pint less every six months, basically, <laughs> is what I'm finding. It's like last night I went to a gig, uh, impromptu. I didn't know I was going to go. Just thought oh, I've got time. I just yeah. I was on my way back from the airport. What'd you go to? And it's a gig that we do in Limehouse called the uh, yeah. Room Floor. And I, I was on my way back. And I'm like, oh, I've actually got that bit. I want to try. Yeah. Oh fuck it. Yeah. So I went in, and then all of a sudden I'm four pints in. Yeah. Because I'm just sat around chatting to everybody, and that's the problem. Is I'm better when I'm working with people I'm not that bothered about because I don't yeah, hang out. But if I'm on a gig and like, say you're there or like yeah. there's people that you go, oh yeah, I'll have a few drinks. This is <laughs> The problem with comedy is everyone's really, like most people are really interesting and really nice. Yeah. And you don't see each other every day like no. a normal job. So when you do see each other, it's a treat, but you have that treat five days a week with five different people. <laughs> so you want to catch up with people and things, yes. you know, because you don't all see each other as often as you should because the way the circuit works. Yeah. Like I see you all the time at the moment. It feels like we're in a little, we're in a little, <laughs> a little sort of loop. phase, aren't yeah. we? But then we won't see each other for a year. No. And well, that's how yeah. it is, you know. We haven't seen each other. I mean, we did that night. There was that night we did Jonglers. I was with, with my ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we didn't see each other for years, years, did we? Fucking years, man. But then recently, we've gigged together quite a bit. Yeah. So it, it, so then it's sort of a bit bit easier. But yeah, you're like, oh, I've not seen you in a year. Let's go and have a catch-up. And seven pints. And then you're fucked the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I'm at that now. I'm at, I have to go, no. I go, so I'm, I'm like you, I have like phases of like being like, I'm boozing at the moment and then I just sort of knock it on the head yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And that, that yeah. works for me when, yeah. when I feel like I'm starting to lag and not be, and I don't, like I can do a gig after a couple of pints, but doing a gig hungover, oh. I can be, like there was one I did, I was at Top Secret the other week 
And I was on stage and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to faint on stage because I was wow. so hungover. I was like, I think I might, but there's a point I paused. I did a joke and one of my mates was there weirdly. And he went, he went, did you pause? Cause you regretted doing the joke. Cause it was a bit about why I don't, you know, I'm a white man, but I don't want to be a white man mm. anymore. And um, this sort of like whole thing about, um, uh, how Black Lives Matter, I'm going to be, I, I did a heritage DNA test. And it's sort of, right. it can get a bit eggy if if they're not on board. And I paused and he went, oh, did you regret doing that bit? And I went, no, I thought I was going to collapse because <laughs> I'm so hanging. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't. And then you're not on your game. And yeah. then, you know, a club see your shit and they don't want to book you again. And it causes more issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kate said, my missus, she said, you know, you, she said, I've seen you drinking at gigs. I've seen you without. She said, you shouldn't do it. Don't, yeah. don't do it because you're you're so much sharper when you're not having a drink. Oh, and there's that horrible thing when you've when you are drinking or not, and someone says something in an audience. Like I've been hung over before, and someone's yelled something out, and you're just that split second too slow. Yeah, and everyone goes, mm, he's not really good, is he? <laughs> Whereas when you when you're on a really good roll, you can just be straight out yeah, the gates yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, and I know my body's really good at once I stop and get started getting healthy, my body's really good at going. Oh, we're doing this now. Yeah, and it really adapts to it really well. Yeah. But it's, it's getting my brain to say, this is what we need to do. Oh, yeah. And look, and I've been through phases where I didn't drink for months. When I was at Virgin, like, yeah. they were treating me so badly at the end of it. Like, they were definitely wanting me gone. Like, I was going out and drinking every night after my radio show. Really? It finished at seven. Yeah. And when I stopped, I had withdrawal. Right. Because I was drinking with my producer at the time, who it turns out ended up going to rehab. Um, but I was his drinking. And I was like, Shit. oh, he's drinking every night, not realising he was an alcoholic. Yeah. And he's, he's clean now and stuff, which is great. But... I was sort of drinking that much with him every night, two, you know, two bottles of wine a night. And then, and then when I stopped, I had withdrawal and it was awful. Of course. And I, when, it, when all that finished, I was like, I feel so much better about life that yeah. I'm just kind of like not anxious all the time and all those things that booze brings. That's been a horrible situation to be in. It was weird. Um, Why because, did they just say, well, could they not just terminate the contract? Or? Well, yeah, they had to buy me out. Ah. So I didn't think they wanted to, and also they hadn't found someone to replace me yet. So right, they, right, they just, right. it went from them going, we're going to give you a two year contract, we're going to up your money. Three weeks later, when Chris Evans joined, they were like, oh, it's a six month contract, you don't really fit in here anymore. And I just won presenter of the year for our radio group. What? And then they were like, yeah. So they gave me an award and then went, you're not right for here anymore. And they just messed me around like that. I couldn't do anything right. And it just sort of sent oh, me into a real spiral. Yeah. And I wasn't very well, but um, it's probably the worst my mental health's ever been. And yeah. that's when I went, I sort of went, I'm going to quit show because I can't hack it anymore yeah. and ever since I kind of like was okay with not ever doing this again yeah. comedy the lot I've been much healthier about it I've got okay. a much healthier relationship with work because yeah, I started yeah, at 18 yeah. this was it was my whole personality my job Yeah. whereas now it isn't so much right but yeah you know I've, I've drunk way too much and then not not at all and I prefer not at all yeah yeah, yeah. how did you feel it must have been because I'm because I'm or, or, if there's if something's going on and I have to go to a place and have to keep going there and I know they don't want me there. Yeah, it was awful. How it was did horrible. You battle that? I, I didn't very well. No. It was basically the uh, the answer. Like I wasn't very good at battling it. And it was, and I f sort of felt like I couldn't leave because it was like, a really good job and I didn't have anything mm. else. Like, it was a real, but I was coming towards the end of my contract and our agent I spoke to and I was like, yes. I want out of this. And then they went, we're actually just going to buy you out the last three months. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. Wow. It was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then even then you're going, oh, can I gig like can I get other things and all that? And it's been fine, it's been three years. But mm. um yeah, it was really bad. Like, you know, it was sort of yeah, that whole thing of not being wanted all of a sudden and all that. Yeah. Maybe I do need that in my life. <laughs> but it is that it, uh, this has come up a couple of times on on episodes very recently. Excuse me. Um I just had a big swig of orange juice. <laughs> Sorry. Um Sam Pellegrino, yeah. you've changed. <laughs> I'm so middle class. You always talk about these working class comedians who aren't really working class and he's sat drinking a San Pellegrino. 
<laughs> I bridged the gap between the two. My dad was very uh, middle class. My mum's very working class. So oh, really? I'm in between the two. Yeah. See, I'm first generation middle class. Like my parents weren't middle class when they grew up. Right. But they they got middle class, and then I'm the first one that uh, was middle class from birth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, we used to live in a you know three bed semi detached. You know, yeah, 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 we have all that. <laughs> and then my dad started doing all right, and then I'm not working class. But my dad would consider himself working class. Yeah. Like you know, my mum grew up in a council house and all that, but. I'm definitely middle class. Little aside, but anyway, you were saying, sorry. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. It's that thing where uh, uh, there's a moment in the industry where you're, you know, you're the centre of it and people are all over you and you must yeah. feel incredible. And in that moment where they go, nah, not anymore. Yeah, and I, look, I've had that moment about three or four times. Really? Yeah, yeah, like, but I was speaking to, I don't think she might be saying this, Zoe Lyons, you know, a lot of our colleagues have these kind of amazing trajectories. They just sort of like break and go up and up yeah. and up. But the reality is most of us, it's like, three steps up the flight of stairs, then it's a plateau, yeah. and then it's a couple of steps down again, and it's sort of up and down all the time. And she and she was saying, you know, there's been points where I've been on a plateau, but realistically it was a downward-facing one. Yeah, right. And then it goes up again all of a sudden. I yeah. think those, being able to roll with those downtimes is really hard. Mm. And in most jobs, people don't have that. You know, where all of a sudden, like, you make all this progress and then it just stops, and then actually you take 10 steps back. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. is how this job is, isn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You get some success and then no success, and then you feel like you're treading water, that's hard because people, I think people like forward motion in their lives. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you don't have that, that's kind of difficult. And especially mm. there where it was like, not only was there no more forward motion, but it was like, oh, we love you. Oh, we hate you now because someone else has changed our minds. And wow. we're doing everything we can to get rid of you. And knowing, like, they were doing interviewing people for my job when I was in the building and oh, stuff like mate, that. You what? Know? No, you can't. Yeah, mate, it was madness. But, um, but that's the industry, isn't it? It's pretty brutal. It is brutal, yes. And there's not a lot of empathy. No, it's very cutthroat. And yeah. I suppose, but then the problem was is I shouldn't have stayed on the radio as long as I did. Mm. I was there for four and a half years. I should have done three yeah. and, and knocked it on the head and left on my own terms rather than waiting. But it was comfortable. Yeah, of course. It was a very, very nicely paid job yeah, where I went yeah. in every day and did like three hours work. It was fucking great. Yeah, of course. But, so, but then I let it get to a point where them getting rid of me was a problem because I was like, this is my life now yeah, rather yeah, than just yeah, another yeah, thing yeah, yeah. I did. And then you went and did coach trip. <laughs> and then I went and did coach trip. I did dancing on ice in between. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you did. Sorry. But those are both, they were COVID tax bill uh, <laughs> bookings. It's the kind of thing I went, oh yeah, maybe I wouldn't normally do this, but it was all, I mean, coach trip was hard work. Um, I, do you know what? I've never, I just think I've forgotten you done, you did, you did the uh, dancing and I did one week I lasted once Rufus Sound I, dropped out yeah that's it I forgot about that I did <laughs> most people have which is quite nice <laughs> so I, like, I don't watch it so I, I was, no of course you like I was only aware of it because you know, I know nans you. know who I am now yeah. so people go were you it's like women will, elderly women will come up to me now in, especially up north and go you, were, you should have stayed in another week and I'm like thank you very much <laughs> don't come to see me on tour though you won't like it <laughs> <laughs> but you, it, yeah, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? They, 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 your persona. The demographic that, like, yeah. I, I've done loads of telly, but the kind of things I've done don't sell tickets, really. Mm. So I can still, I can do little tours, but I don't do, like, massive rooms. I'm doing, no. like, 100 seaters, which is, and then filling them is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Coach trip, though, looks like, I don't know if I'd want to spend any time with the people. No disrespect, I'm sure they're all lovely, but the, the in thing a coach. is, they're all individually lovely. But as a group, yeah. it was like me and Will, who I did it with, never really done a show like that. Whereas a lot of them were like reality stars, 
and it was just carnage because they were all coming in quite happy for the drama and stuff, whereas we just wanted an easy ride. Well, that's it, isn't it? There are a lot of reality TV is just drama. Yeah, like this yeah. one girl came in from The Valleys, which was like an MTV show years mm. ago, and she was just drama straight away, and we'd all been getting on all right. Yeah. And then she was a cat amongst the pigeons, and we're like, the first thing she did, she was like, I don't like you and Will, like you're doing my edit. And we, none of us had said anything. Like, <laughs> we're all being really polite to each other. And we're like, okay, cool. They yeah. understand how television they understand works. That that's what they want. They want a villain. Yeah. But yeah, we... um. It was that was weird. It was a. I liked it. Like yeah. it was all right, but it was a weird experience because oh. you're sort of like in this situation with people who you, you're together sort of 15 hours a day from the off, and yeah. they film everything. <laughs> and we were just sort of like slightly bemused by the whole thing. Like yeah. in our interviews and stuff, we're just like, what is? Are we mad or are they mad? Like we couldn't work it out because everyone else thought everything was normal. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what it must have been like. having. I don't watch a lot of television and having recently watched, uh, what was it called? Married at First Sight Australia. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there watching it the other day. I went, this just fighting. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, it's like, we, I think, I, but it's the same as like, I love Four in a Bed is my favourite. Do you know what Four in the no. Bed is? Four in a Bed is where four own four couples who own B&Bs go and stay in each other's B&Bs right, okay. and rate them. And at the end of the stay, <laughs> you give them how much money you think it's worth. Ooh. And like, so you can overpay or underpay if it's yeah, been brilliant yeah, or bad. Yeah. And they mark each other down over the silliest things and then they all sit around a table and have an argument about it. It's the best part of the show. <laughs> it's amazing. Them just being like, well, I feel like your sheets weren't of the right thread count and shit like oh, that. Oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, it's fucking... Br- well, I only had one sausage at breakfast and I feel like for the money you were asking, that wasn't acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is with a, it's a bit like I think when people are harsh to you about your about comedy I don't mind it when people are like that show you made was shit and I'm like yeah because I was one of 80 people working on it yeah. it doesn't offend me so much but when it's my stand up which is me yeah. where it's, it's the same with B&B owners it's their life yeah, they live in this B&B and it's you know it, it's all consuming mm. and they all get really upset about it and I understand <laughs> people picking that apart because it's so personal it's, personal, yeah, it's your yeah, house yeah. basically isn't it imagine you get it to a point where you go this is this is beautiful this is it it's and it's long hours and all that kind of shit and then yeah. someone goes oh yeah you only did one sausage and I didn't feel welcome <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. I love it, but it's chaos. Yeah, I all, all of those all reality TV shows. It's always just fighting, and yeah. but that's why we watch it. That's why because you want. Well, that. Like, I remember years ago going. In, I did the I'm a celeb spin-off, and mm. my complaint was, I was like, they're all getting on too well. <laughs> on it, I was just going. They're just they're yeah. all getting on. It's a nightmare because you want that bit of you want <laughs> some want friction, friction to watch. Well, we were going to so so they do another you know, roast battle. Yeah, and they would do it. It started in Edinburgh, and. Phil Ellis and I got asked to do it. <laughs> Lovely. And we were going to do it. And we both said, why don't we go the other way? Yeah. And we'll do it. We'll be really nice to each other, really funny. And we got a message going, don't do that. <laughs> so we went, well, fuck it, we're not doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we wanted to do it. Because we, we were like, we, we we like each other too much. It would have been, we we, we go the other way. And they went, no, it's not the spirit. It's not in keeping with what See, we do. See, I did roast battle with Angela Barnes and it was fine when we were insulting each other. The worst insult I've ever had is when someone else used me as an insult to another comic. <laughs> um, it was Ramesh Ranganathan insulting Carl Donnelly. Excellent. And he was like, he was like well, it was something along the lines of, um, you think you've got a career, but I don't think so, son. You know things are bad when you're competing for jobs with Matt Richardson. Like, oh, in this and Rob, it, Rob and I are mates. And yeah. I was like, fucking... Like, <laughs> and that was probably 10 years ago, and I still remember it. Whereas I couldn't tell you anything Angela Barnes said to me when we... I was like, why am I getting dragged into this? This isn't fair. <laughs> that's, that's, that hurt more than anything because I wasn't there I wasn't gonna, I didn't consent to being roasted it's going to help your OCD yeah <laughs> fucking 
Mate. And I can't even go yeah. to Eggie's house because it's behind gates now. <laughs> yeah, just throwing eggs over the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The security guard comes out. What the fuck is going on here? All <laughs> oh, you can hear is the plop of them going in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> You're not even breaking. No, oh. not even within fifty feet of the house. It's a nightmare. Oh god, mate! Honestly, it was easier to it was easier to do it when he was in a semi-detached. <laughs> Fucking success, eh? He's changed. Can't egg his house Can't anymore. Can't egg his house anymore. <laughs> but even now, like you know, that was ten years ago, and that stuck. Still with me. I'm like, oh, that was that hurt. Because I was the butt, of the, and it got a round of applause. It got a laugh and a round of applause. Because <laughs> everyone's like, "Yeah, that is bad, isn't it? Fucking oh alcohol." God. <laughs> oh mate, but you're. Oh, God. That's brilliant. The plop of the eggs in the pool. That's dumb, isn't it? <laughs> you're, <laughs> but you've got. I can't carry on. But you've got. So you're OCD. You've got. This is the because I, I I knew someone a few years a few years ago and they were going, oh my OCD, my OCD. And I'm like, you haven't got OCD. Your flat's a dump. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, there's this sort of preconception about it that yeah. it's like the John Richardson version of OCD where everything's tidy and neat and just so. But a lot of people, this sort of pure O, it's not about the cleaning no. and the obsessive habits. It's just the obsessing and it's debilitating. Like there's been times in my life where I couldn't clean and do things because like you couldn't. You're like trapped by it almost. You're sort of in this yeah. prison with it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's weird is it's your voice, but it's things that you don't really think, you know, it's this extra. Right. And a really good bit of therapy I got was years ago, someone said, a therapist said, you've got to separate it. You've got to accept that it's a separate being almost in your head that you've got wow. no control over. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, I found it easy because you go, okay, that's not me. That's not me saying that to myself. That's yeah. this other thing that I can't control. And that was really helpful. Wow. This yeah. kind of like, it's the same with depression and like worrying and things. You just, that it's that separation of self and- yeah thoughts you can't control that aren't needed, these intrusive thoughts. Do you know what? That's really interesting because since recently when I've been, because I've been going, why am I feeling this way? I know I'm stressed about this, this and yeah. this. But it isn't, I shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like pressing down on me so much. There shouldn't be like this emptiness in my yeah. heart. You know, and then, then I'll start to work it out and I'll go, this is a something else. This yeah. is a medical thing. This isn't, this isn't just worry. This is something else. But when you're in the midst of it, yeah, because also, there's that problem if you go, or oh, maybe this isn't me, and then it's going, of course this is you. <laughs> yeah. You of course it's you. You Who can't beat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, and I think a lot of people get stuck in depression because they're like, no, I'm not depressed. This is justified. I should feel like this. Mm. And, you know, it convinces you that you're a piece of shit or whatever. And that, and then you accept it. And you accept that. You, like, I remember when it was really bad, when it first kicked off, I didn't go and see anyone for like two and a half years. And I was kind of going, well, this is how my head works now. It's yeah. never going to change. And I didn't think I should go to the doctor. So I was like, this is me, clearly. Yeah. And it's really hard to break out of that and go, no, this isn't right. Because you're so low. It's sort of kicking you while you're down, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, of course. So the... So the Medication. Medication really right. helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, I just started, I don't really, I don't talk about it on stage particularly. I've, I've got I've a couple of jokes about it that I've done over the years, but just talk about it. I'm very open about kind of going, yeah, I've got it. Like mm. when it's affecting me, I tell my partner or my friends, like, how are things? And I go, actually, like, it's not great at the moment. Like, mm. I'm not in a great place. Yeah. And I find even just saying that, being like, oh, it's a bit, my, my, you know, because they all know I've got it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's sort of kicking up a bit. And then yeah. they sort of are more attentive and like check in with you. And that's really helpful. That's cool. Just sharing your little secret to yeah. know that you're not dealing with it alone. Even if they can't do anything, at least they go, at least someone else at knows. Least, that know, feels yeah, so much yeah, better. Yeah, the relief. It's funny, actually, because my, so my flatmate, Sweeney, who I love dearly, <clears throat> I, he, 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 I love him. 
and he's, he does obsess about his weight a little bit. Not, it's not problematic. He just, he just doesn't. He just wants to make sure he stays how he is. And, yeah. And he's about to turn forty, so that's quite stressful in a lot of ways. And uh, it's been a couple of times the other day. I said to him the other day, I said, "You're on your own too much. You're on your own." Yeah. Too. His missus lives in America, so he's always like waiting to go and see her or for her to come over yeah. here. And he talks to her every night on the phone and things on like, via Zoom. Blah, blah, blah. But he spends a lot of time on his own. And I and I, it was building up, and I was really worried about him. And I'm, so in the end, we were just in the kitchen the other day, and I went, I just blurted out, "I'm really worried about you." Really? Yeah. And he went, and then we had a really nice chat. He went, "No, no, no." He goes, no, "I'm fine. I'm completely fine." And we had a really nice chat. But it took me to just blurt out, "Are you all right?" Because I was stressing about it. Yeah. And then today, so I got back. So we got back from our trip, and then I got in last night, and then there wasn't any milk in the fridge, and the butter had gone. And then I'm like, oh, "Don't tell me he's been like this for." couple of days where he's just been working coming home going to bed and he hasn't got any, any provisions and blah. so on the way here I nipped in I was like I might get a haircut have a chat with him and I just and, and so I went in and I'm like oh, he's a trim he didn't have time and, blah, blah. and I went there wasn't any milk in the fridge <laughs> and it's not because I wanted it I'm just worried that you haven't you've not been looking after yourself and he went no no he goes he only ran out yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but he goes yeah you know, you might catch him where he goes, oh, no, I ran out yesterday. But you, it, sometimes it does take someone to go, are you all right? Before yeah, you even yeah, realise yeah. that you're not all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's been times where some people, someone said to be like, are you sure you're okay? And you go, mm, no, actually, I'm not. Yeah. I've just, but it took you asking me that question. So it's important to, to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think it's just that, isn't it? It's, you don't have to have the big in-depth chat about it, but just going, oh, no, actually, like someone to bounce things off of yeah. to work out what is going on in your head. Exactly. That's what it, and it because we're so head down yeah. sometimes. And I find that... I'm much better when I'm out see it like socialising in little just little things that are nice mm. to go and do yeah. in the week, like having a coffee with someone or whatever it is, like keep me much more buoyant than if I've just Absolutely. gigging home and all that and then, you know, sleeping all day because you've been out late and all that. I, I need yeah. things to get me up and around. Same, man. This is why now when someone says to me, Do you want to meet for coffee? I say, Yeah, and I go. Yeah. I actually stick to it. I'm gr I, I always go I'm always like yeah. go because I'll book it in and it'll come to it. And I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I could be asked to go to like South East London for a coffee. And then I do it and I go, actually, I'm really <laughs> glad I did. I never come back from it and go, what a waste of time. No, never. Ever. I always feel better when I leave. Yeah. I, I'm very, I don't know, I think you're probably the same. I need like interaction and human contact, yes, really. absolutely. Lots of people don't, but for me, that makes my life 10 yeah. times better. That's why it's nice when you're on your own, you know, it's not loneliness. You're like, I'm on my own for a bit because I want to go around a record yeah, shop or absolutely. do whatever. But I know I've got people to come back to. Yep, totally. And that's the difference. I remember years ago, it was really bad. I went and did some gigs in Switzerland. Do you remember the Up the Creek gigs in Switzerland? Did you ever go and do that? Never did them, no. For Jane. Um, and I went with JJ Whitehead, who I didn't know at the time. And like there was, the weather was bad and all this. And like he would, he was sort of busy doing stuff. And I was just all day alone in a country I didn't know in a flat. Yeah. And I was climbing the walls because I didn't have anything to go yeah. and do. And like my mental health wasn't good. Whereas when I hung out with him, when we went for dinner every evening, everything was much better because yeah. like I just had something to do. You know, I think that's a big, just keep yourself busy basically. Do you know what? You're right. I had a similar experience. I was in Dubai with Adam Rowe and Brennan Reese, two smashing fellas. Yeah. Love them dearly. But they're mates. And then they were going off, going to see some, there was some inspirational speaker doing a doing a gig. And they went off to that. And it was like 190 quid or something for tickets. I'm like, I can't afford that. No, I'm not going. And they went off to that and do that. And, do that. and they were off go-karting and things like that. And then, and yeah, I was in my room. And I'm like, oh God. And I hadn't been sleeping very well. 
But then when they when we had dinner in the evening or breakfast, it was like, oh, she's lovely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're right. You need to keep busy. Sometimes and, I know. just like sometimes I'm like I'm really forcing myself on people, but they don't think like that. But, no. And also, if you have to force yourself on people and they're happy to have you there, do it. Just go. <laughs> I think I'm very good at like my mates will be doing something. Like they'll be like, oh, we're off to do this. It's not really your thing. I'm like, oh, come though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I need yeah. to go and do something. <laughs> like you know, when my my girlfriend works away a lot, and when she's away, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come and do. <laughs> oh, we're going to go and see this band. I don't like them, but I'm coming. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it just keeps me I just need to keep busy and have little things that you're off to do and know they're coming along yeah that's my sort. Of, that really helps me brilliant but it's not for everyone no, I understand you no. know but sometimes I mean yeah you don't want to put pressure on other people but to say like do you mind if I join you yeah most of the time it's, I think there's been once we go I actually I'm doing something All right, it, that's happened once or twice yeah. in my life most people go yeah sure take a seat mate it's like in Edinburgh I always feel quite lonely in Edinburgh yeah I'm yeah yeah a bit like I, I imagine like you like I'm not on the conveyor belt of doing it every year so I don't you know and there's like all the cliques up there and it's yeah. its own world um, but sometimes a comic could be like I'm going to go and see blah blah and I go oh, can I come and they're always like yeah of course you can come yeah. but I think the problem is we're all so scared that people are going to go oh no actually I'd rather you didn't yeah. even though no one does that people <laughs> if they're sat talking to you they're quite happy for you to do things absolutely I end up spending time with Phil Ellis which is actually worse for my mental health <laughs> he's been on here a couple of times has he so, I love yeah, Phil back, him, back that up I'm actually, yeah. I'll see him this weekend actually at MacFest oh but, will you I love yeah, like yeah, Phil's yeah. a really good mate of mine but in the end you know I just go and see him every day because he's just like yeah come and hang out whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's so much better than sitting in your flat by yourself looking at the walls going right. this is miserable up here well, that's the thing about Edinburgh is I've said this to loads of people that yeah you know, you know loads of people up there but because everyone's running around and busy yeah. it can be a lonely place you end up standing in a doorway pissing with rain and you're just like why am I here? What am I doing? And also, it's a lot of people who go, how's your show going? Not because they give a shit, because they want to tell you how their show is going. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I, you know, it's... Also, it's a lot of people that you don't know, you know, you all know each other, but not that well. No. Like, I don't have loads of mates in comedy. Like, I've got a few, like, really good comedy mates. You yeah, know, I consider yeah, us yeah, mates yeah. and stuff. Absolutely, but, yeah. you know, there's... I don't have tons, whereas there's people yeah. where all their mates are the other comics, yeah. which is great, but I've never been like that really. No. And a lot of my mates don't do Edinburgh and think, or, you know, don't. So up there, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not one of the cool kids who everyone wants to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, so it's yeah. a bit tricky. You see all these photos of them stood, like, sat around long tables. Yeah, you're like, they will go in, the, oh, they all went to the zoo today. Cool. <laughs> and I'm sort of individually get on with all of them quite well, yeah, but you know, yeah, you, yeah, so. you're just not in the group to get the invite. <laughs> You sort of oh, everyone's every, and everyone will go. Oh yeah, Matt Richardson's lovely, but they don't think to invite you. So you just sat by yourself after you've died on your ass for an hour. That's it. Thinking, I'll, what I'll, is this? I'll take you to the zoo, mate. All right, right we'll go to the zoo. Right, well, I don't think I'll ever go to Edinburgh again, but yeah, if I can avoid it. This has been lovely, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I really much. appreciate you coming down. It's been lovely. It's been it's great. Been fucking great. It's man. just nice to see you. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> uh, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, at Matt Richardson three on everything. Whatever one, I do all of them. You know, I'm young. I tick the tocks. Yeah, you do. I snap the chats. Ooh, yeah. I don't Snapchat, but I do all the others. <laughs> I'm on TikTok, but I don't know. I've, no, I've yet to really do anything on it. Yeah. I know, I know. People my age are doing brilliant videos. But yeah, people like it's, yeah. Uh, you know what? There's that thing that's a perception that it's for young people. But whatever you're into, there's a, t a corner of TikTok for it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. into planes, right? I'm really into oh, planes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like aircraft. Um, and I follow loads of people that are into aircraft. So all I get is like lovely videos I like from yeah. plane spotters. Do you know what? That's amazing. There was a, there's a oh, what's his name? Mike something is an actor, but he's also an artist. He paints. Yeah. he's brilliant. He paints planes. That's it, and it's and it's it's on Facebook. I send you the link. Yeah, please. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And he painted a Vulcan the other day, and a Vulcan is one of my favorite. Yeah. Oh, is it really? When I, I remember when I was a kid seeing him going over when the Falkland War was on, 
I remember being at school and one went over and it just looks They're so huge, impressive. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And so I've loved them ever since. But my well, my youngest son is a, was a huge plane really? fanatic when he was a kid. I think he still does. He's a band, he's in a band now. He's a drummer in a band, so he's all cool and that. But we still send each other pictures of like a, a, a Spitfire taking oh, off. Oh, really? Like, yeah, man. See, my thing is commercial airliners. Like that's really? what I, Yeah, how sad is that? I'm not even into the exciting ones. <laughs> I'm into the buses of the sky. But that but, massive one that got destroyed, the Ukrainian yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the Antonov right. yeah. Uh, AN-225, I think it is. But, no, uh, I think. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I think just, you know. Just not, on the top of my head. 100%. Um, but yeah, Matt, I love it. Yeah. Like, I'm really sad about it. Really sad. <laughs> like, I'm doing Mastermind and my specialist subject is Concorde. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a sad Did for Did you playing. ever see it flying? No, never, because it stopped in 2001, Jeez, 2002. Yeah, so man. I never, and I'd love to have gone on it, but it was like 12 grand round trip. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, but you stupid. from London to New York in half an hour. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 35 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember that when I was a kid, you always knew Concorde was coming over. Yeah. Because the, the noise is un... It's, Unmistakable and unlike anything else you've ever heard. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Like yeah. it was. Um. It was so unique. But yeah. I'm into. I'm like sado yeah. for planes. Oh, I love it. Small as well. Concord. Yeah. It's only yeah. tiny. It's only two seats each side, isn't yeah. it? But um, it used to grow. Interesting fact. It used to grow nine inches during the flight because of the heat of it. It would expand. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they made it so it could grow. <laughs> See. Look. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading a book about it at the moment, aren't I? To swat up. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, good luck on Mars. Thanks, mate. It was lovely to see you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Made by Dark Horse Digital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.